I felt like I didn't deserve to be here anymore. I felt like my purpose, like I don't have a purpose that I just seem to cause everyone harm and I seem to make people bring out the worst in themselves. I've, I was like, how am I, like, how do people think I'm like this cute kid that's with this warm heart and yet they like cause so much harm? Like, they make me so sad. And then they, like get on me for being sad and for me even just being alive like it's just like I'm trying my best and be the to to make you proud I don't know who you are but like I I just want to be the best person I can be and I don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong and like that wore on me for like those 14 years between like the ages of seven and 14 I mean seven and 20 21 before I even like started to give myself love and appreciation I like hated my own existence hey admirers you're now listening to the admirers conversations from the healing hearts podcast a show about self-care healing and the topics regarding mental health because it's okay to not be okay most of the time. My name is Joshua Dixon, and I'm the founder and designer of AdmireWare. I'm just a hurt person that uses my tears from my pains to help heal others. Together, we can find purpose in fighting for tomorrow's light. Note that this is a safe place where each episode we will be talking about certain topics that are often hard to discuss such as depression, anxiety, ableism, self-harm, suicide, addiction, healing, hope, and the help that is available to us. I will be sharing stories, poems, and self-care guides to help in our journey together towards healing, recovery, and obtaining hope for tomorrow. Self-worth and self-esteem is some of the hardest things that I've always juggled and has always dealt with in my life. It was way before I even like got diagnosed with having depression or having CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which automatically comes with um, depression and anxiety and also a lot of nightmares. Um... I was really young, like four or five years old, and my dad used to always tell me, I can't wait until you turn 18 because I'm going to leave and I'm leaving you and your mom because I'm tired of this. I'm tired of you guys, and I'm tired of this stuff that your mom puts me through. And I didn't really understand what was going on, and but I knew that he kind of always blamed my existence for his misery. And I felt like, even at that age, like, that I had to be strong, that I had to stand tall, and I had to, like, prove my worth, and, I mean, like, really, really work hard, like, mentally and physically, so that I could make sure that my parents didn't have to worry about me, they just had to worry about themselves, like, oh, like, do you need help with this? No, I don't need help, I got this, even though I didn't even know what the heck I was doing, but I would say that fairly frequently. Um, I felt bad. I felt really, really bad. It was one of the first times where I felt Im- immensely sad for the very first time. 
was that as a young kid, my mom and my dad was having this domestic fight, this domestic violence fight. And um, they kind of put me in the middle of it in a way. Like, I didn't get hurt or anything, but it's just like, my mom and my dad, they had two separate cars. We all lived in the same house. Me, me my mom, and my brother. And my brother is seven years older than me, seven years, five days older than me. And from my memory, I think my brother was at school while I was at home because I wasn't old enough to go to school yet. Or maybe I just didn't have school at that current moment. But mom had got me dressed and she was crying and she was really upset. She was like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to give you some space. I can't remember exactly how it went, but she got me dressed, put my coat on. And like we ran, we like kind of sped walk outside. My dad's like yelling at my mom while walking away, like calling her names and stuff. And my mom buckled me into my little car seat in her car. And then she took me with her. I guess my dad followed us. And um, if you guys, um, I don't know if any of you guys are from the south side of Chicago, but there used to be a Best Buy on 87th Street. And if you're from, but if you're from here, you know exactly which one I'm talking about. There used to be a Best Buy on 87th Street, and now it's like a beauty supply store. But my mom and my dad had pulled up in that parking lot together, and they exchanged some words outside of the car. And I'm just sitting in the car, kind of scared, kind of not, like not knowing what's going on. Just know there's a lot of yelling and shouting. My dad came and like got me off the back seat and like put me in the back to his car gently, but you know like kind of assertiveness <laughs> but um in that car like in that car to ride back home my mom was following us back home my dad was like i can't wait until you turn 18 so i can leave because i'm tired of this shit i'm tired of your mom and i'm tired of tired of everything and he was like if it wasn't for you like i wouldn't be in this like i wouldn't be in this shit Excuse my language, but that's just exactly what he's saying. And then he just called my mom a whole lot of names and stuff that I'm not going to reiterate, but you can just kind of imagine. And like, I started to cry because I was overwhelmed and kind of confused about what's going on. I just felt like it was all my fault and I felt like I did something wrong. So I started to cry and he was like, excuse my language again, I'm sorry, but I got to say this word by word. The fuck are you crying about? He was like, grown men don't cry. That's 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 bitch shit. I mean, only bitch boys cry. I always knew you're gonna be a bitch boy because your mom has you. You you just like your mom and your mom just like her mom. Like, I'm tired of this shit. I can't wait till you turn 18. Just so I can be done with your ass. And he was like, and I and I was still crying. And then he like, like looked back to me. He's like, "Fuck you, crying about? Before I give you something to cry about?" I got quiet. I got quiet after that. And that was the first time that I felt pure, pure like sadness, kind of like how I feel with depression. Like, but I with depression for me, how I can describe depression is being sad and not knowing why. Like being like waking up and just being sad and not exactly knowing why like maybe yesterday feels like today feels like yesterday but like i'm just sad and i don't know why but that was the first time you know being four 
and I started to feel like, like, dang, it's my fault. Like, I don't know how, but it's my fault that my mom and my dad is going through this. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to to do great, to excel, to be the best that I can in school, even though I still messed up in school. Um, I was the kid that was not challenged in school. So I would talk a lot in class, even though I was like I was getting A's and like on all of the homework, but I actually failed some classes just for the fact that I was talking too much. Cause I would finish my work before all of the kids. I was like really, really smart. And I would spend a lot of time playing by myself too, because I just don't want to be in anyone's way. I don't want to be in anyone's hair. I already felt bad for being me. My brother would beat me up sometimes because um we we had a we had a sister. Uh, my sister's name is Dominique, and she passed away before I was born. She was the middle child, and she passed away because her lungs were under underdeveloped when she was born, and she passed away in her sleep. And my brother had a broken heart from that, and he kind of didn't expect my mom to have kids after that. But mom ended up having me like three-ish years later and he kind of like hated me for a long time and he, he definitely exercised his expression of that hate but through all of the years like I can go on and on but this level of self-worth like went down and like self-esteem went down I used to get bullied I used to get beat up from my dad being who he was, he was a mechanic. Everyone knew him for being a car mechanic, for working on motorcycles, gold cars, popping woolies like down the street, like fixing race cars. He didn't ever drive one, but like he used to fix them. But he like he was more known for like motorcycles, gold cars, and we were we were his kids, so he always um kind of. Like, um, I was up always in his shadow, which I didn't mind. I wanted to be like him when I grew up. I wanted to be a carpenter. I wanted to be a mechanic. I wanted to, like, work on all of these different machines, gas-powered and electric-powered machines, and just create magic with my hands, just like him. Just like my mom. My mom was a mechanic, too. But kids would bully us for being his son because they were jealous. And I would get beat up at school, and then I would go home to my mom and my dad arguing, so... So often, um, I often felt like I didn't, I didn't have a safe place. My safe place was wherever I was with my toys or in my room and like isolation, kind of just like in my own, in my own zone, in my own world. But I felt bad, you know. I would always say I was sorry, and I didn't even know why I was saying why I was sorry. And I would, and now that I'm older, I was saying I was sorry because I was apologizing for existing, which you should never apologize for your existence you're here for a reason you're here for a purpose you deserve to be here in this world whether someone likes it or not you're here and i'm glad to have you here every day that you're here i love it and i wish that i had that same appreciation i was still this humble kid and i you know still um loved people and cared about people but on the inside I was battling battling my own demons and my own traumas and my own insecurities felt like I wasn't enough and even after the accident my dad 
started to drink more and started to say a lot of mean mean things and really started to express that my existence was hard for him to exist in this world and that he'd be better off if I wasn't here or we'd be better off if he wasn't alive. And so there was always this talk about suicide in my household as well. Something that we don't really talk about publicly, but I'm just going to get that off my chest that that was a thing where my parents both battled with mental health. My mom, my mom was was our hero. Like she raised us. Like she was our mom and our dad because my dad left when I was like fourteen and kind of like started his own family. He didn't have it. He didn't have like kids, but like he adopted someone's kid per se. Kind of made them their kid, like made their kid his kid. I kind of just like took ownership of this person that was a little bit older than my brother. So it was just really weird that apparently we had this sister that wasn't related to us at all, not even related to him. Weird story, whole another day. But at seven years old, like I hated myself. I hated who I was. I hated that I was. I was being bullied for being his son. I hated that I had to come home to those fights. My brother used to also pick on me for being born. He said he wished he, he wished my mom never had me. So it was like the only one that really cared was relatives and my mom. And even in the hospital, like my brother felt like I took out a spotlight. And it was just all of this pressure. Like, I just wanted to be great. I just wanted to be me. I wanted to be free. And it didn't really be that way. It took years. You know, it took years of me fighting and trying to believe and hold on to hope that I didn't actually always see. And I didn't always believe in hope. I just believed in surviving and existing and going with the flow of the ocean, whatever that meant. I knew that I had goals and standards, but I, after going through being bullied in the public, being treated like an outcast, an outsider in my family, but also in public and being feeling like a minority within a minority group. I felt like I didn't deserve to be here anymore. I felt like my purpose, like I don't have a purpose that I just seem to cause everyone harm. And I seem to make people bring out the worst in themselves. I've, I was like, how am I like, how do people think I'm like this cute kid? that's with this warm heart and yet they like cause so much harm like they make me so sad and then they like get on me for being sad and for me even just being alive like it's just like I'm trying my best and be the to to make you proud I don't know who you are but like I I just want to be the best person I can be and I don't I don't know what I'm doing wrong and, like, that wore on me for, like, those 14 years between, like, the ages of 7 and 14. I mean, 7 and 20, 
21 before I even like started to give myself love and appreciation. I like hated my own existence. Like I was just like, I seem to be causing a lot of people harm and trouble and causing fights and disagreements. My mom and my dad would have like fist fights over me. Like it was, and my brother was the way that he was. And then like friends were the way that they, like it's just like I have, I've been through so much in terms of trauma and in terms of like verbal abuse and like physical abuse, especially when I went to school in Maine for two years. I felt like I just give people harm. But I knew a part of me that I didn't hate anyone. I disagreed with people. I might have disliked you. I might have not had a certain compassion for you, but I knew that it wasn't in my heart to really hate someone, to really disagree with someone to the fullest extent. Because I knew it wasn't their fault. I kind of thought it was my fault. But now I know that that's not the case. I'm I'm a hurt person who heals in a different way. I use my tears to help others. And some people hurt people don't like some hurt people hurt people, but some hurt people heal people. And I'm definitely a hurt person who heals people. And I think a lot of that hate that I was feeling or even judgment was just people projecting their own insecurities onto me as a kid, as an innocent kid who they knew weren't going to fight back. That's what, I, that's what I had to learn is to set boundaries and to fight back, to speak up, to speak out for my own rights, for who I am. To know that I deserve to be in this world. I might not have the best story. I might not have the best life. But I'm doing a damn great job at it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take this quick pause to tell you guys about AdmireWear and its journey. AdmireWear is a love-based lifestyle brand and community that focuses on mental health awareness and suicide prevention. It's a place where you can feel safe. The founder, which is me, Joshua Dixon, I built this brand after my second suicide attempt. I wanted to show people how to love and how to admire themselves. I want to create something to create products for people, something that can hug them on days where they don't love themselves, on days where they may not have hope. And chapter part of their stories or part of their chapters where they feel like they don't belong in this world. Because I know that all too well. I know what it's like to live each and every day in misery and to feel like you're just existing in this world but not even being alive. I want to help people not feel alone anymore. I want to help save lives and end the stigma regarding mental health. I want to be able to create conversations that we're not having enough of. And here at Admirer, I fight for that change each and every day through the different ways that we, that I impact this world. Not only by creating this podcast, but also the thousands of products that I've shipped worldwide to Admirer's homes to people like me who are also struggling or supporting someone who's struggling 
We all can learn from each other and we can't live without each other. We need that community support and belongingness. We need you here. And if you want to learn more about Admirer's journey and my story, then you can go to admirer.com or the links in the description to learn more about us and shop our products and our t-shirts that not only give back to your journey, that provide such a meaningful impact to your life to let you know that your story is far from over. But it all I also donate 15% of all of my proceeds to mental health charities to help them help save lives like mine and yours. And let's get back to it. My, I'm 23 years old right now as you're listening to this. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I'm a survivor of two suicide attempts. I'm a survivor of PTSD, CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm a survivor of depression. I'm a survivor of anxiety. I'm a survivor of myself. I'm a survivor of self-harm. I used to cut myself. I'm a survivor of bullying. I'm a survivor of public humility. Like people, like people used to just make fun of me in public and like even it happened in the crowds. Like I'm a survivor of child abuse. I'm a survivor of rape. I'm a survivor of sexual assault. I'm a survivor of racism and discrimination, of ableism, uh, prejudices. I'm a survivor, basically, of the world versus me and me versus me. I'm a survivor of myself. But I wish that never, I wish what I went through never would happen to anyone. I don't want that to ever happen to anyone. I don't want anyone to ever feel alone, or ever feel isolated. I don't want you to, to bear that pain, to not want to be here. You should you should deserve to be here regardless of how you look, regardless of your personal characteristics, regardless of your ability status, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of whether you grew up poor or rich. You deserve, your presence means everything in this world. I wouldn't want to live in a world without you. I spent so many years Wishing I wasn't in this world, but I still gave it. I still tried every each and every day. I didn't even know what I was trying for, but I knew that my heart belonged somewhere, and that didn't always belong in sadness. It didn't always belong with me hating someone. I care about people, whether people care about me or not. I love people. Whether people love me or not, I first became, had suicidal thoughts and wished that I wasn't here. I was about 11 years old. My dad told me after a surgery where I almost died on on the operating table, my dad told me that he wished I didn't make it. And for a second there, I wish I didn't either. So I didn't have to hear that. Though I forgive him now, I didn't forgive him then. And it was hard because I didn't tell my mom. I don't even think she still knows. I didn't tell her what he said to me on that phone. I just played it off. Cause it hurt. I almost died on that table. I had a whole outer body experience. I felt my life sucking away from me. 
to be 11 year old going through that it hurts to feel like you might not make it like you feel your soul just like leaving and then to hear that so if you guys want to know what happened in the surgery is um my breathing tube was wasn't pulled out correctly it was pulled out improperly and it caused internal bleeding in my lungs and they didn't know what was going on but the person that did it I left the room and they rushed to their next case and my doctor my my plastic surgeon I love him to death and the nurses did what they could to figure out what, what was going on and they they figured it out and they suctioned my lungs for the next six hours and so my lungs cauterized and stopped bleeding my mom was so thankful to see me alive and she was so happy to see me she called my dad and so my dad i could talk to him dad i made it oh, i wish you didn't my life would be better if you didn't my, our life would be better if you didn't make it i didn't know how to respond i was quiet i said I love you, Dad. Bye. And I passed my mom back the phone. And I, like, I just sat there and crying internally, like, the rest of the night. It was hard. That was really one of the first times where I felt suicidal. I felt like I didn't deserve to be here in this world. I felt like it wasn't my place. I felt like, what am, what am I fighting for? Like, why? Like, why am I fighting and all of these people that I, that supposed to love me and care about me are being this way? And something told me to just keep trying. Keep trying. Like, you're not going to understand now, but just keep trying. And I, I hated that. I hated that. But I loved it. Because, like I said earlier, I love people and I care about people and I... I don't hate people. I get upset. I get angry. But I I, I genuinely care. And the more of the pain that I went through physically and mentally from the 61 surgeries that I've been through, through all of the harm, and I have built more of a love and compassion towards people because it's like I feel a pain. That I want, that I would never want anyone to go through, but for the ones that have experienced it, like I can give you a hug and just know that like you're not alone, because I felt alone for so long. It wasn't until I realized that like I had to give my lo- myself love and compassion and know that I've been through hell and back, but. I've never been alone, even though I felt that way, because I've always had myself. You have one person with you 24-7, 365, and that's you. Though that sounds boring, that and God or who you believe in, those two connections will matter. Your religion, like your faith, if if you have faith, and you. Because those are the two, the two things that are going to get you through every single thing. Someone asked me, what's the two best relationships you need to focus on the most? Is yourself and your religion or faith or what you believe in. Because I do I do respect people who have different faiths or have different beliefs. I totally respect that because this world is diverse, full of 8 billion people. Not all 8 billion people have the same mindset. And I love that about this earth. 
about this planet that we live on. I love that everyone's different. As someone who's dealt with not loving themselves for over a decade, nearly two decades, and going through everything that I've been through, if I can give you one thing, is don't give up on hope. Hope will be there with you. You are there every step of the way. You deserve to give yourself love. You deserve to give yourself grace. You deserve to give yourself a hug. You deserve to cry if you feel like you need to cry. You deserve to let it out. You're a hero. You're a warrior. You've been through stuff that no one has ever been through. There's things that you've never told no one. But yet you still think about it. And you're still trying each and every day that you're here. We're both here surviving and thriving through life together. I don't want you to just be here existing. I want you to live in this world. Whether you feel like you're inside society or not. Whether you feel like you're, like if you're someone who, like me, who gets judged every day for the way that they look to get hate comments and text messages, like don't give up. Because you make someone's life important. And someone makes your life important. Someone is listening to this. They might actually be able to sleep a little better tonight because they know that someone out there in the world feels like them and that cares about them. And I, I truly care about you. That's why I do everything that I do because doing this gives me purpose. It gives me life. It gives me hope. Regardless of your personal characteristics, regardless of everything that you've been through, you deserve to be here. We need you here in this world. You make tomorrow better because tomorrow's better with you. I love having you here. I don't know what I'd do without you. And though I know it's hard, times can be hard, that you may have childhood trauma too, or you may have may have been through domestic violence or substance abuse or addiction or i need you to know that your your existence matters your purpose matters whether life doesn't make sense now it will make sense eventually but never stop being you never give up on you never give up on hope regardless of what people say to you that hurt that pain the punches they blow at you you are forever loved if you don't feel forever loved just know that i forever love you and i'll never give up on you you may not follow your goals today or may not follow your goals tomorrow, but hey, I'm still rooting for you. I'm still believing you because I know everyone moves at their own pace and their own time. Everybody moves at the same time zone. We are all unique and different for a reason. I'd rather be different than be normal. I'm my own kind of normal. Why not be society's normal? But I'm my own kind of normal and that's what makes me happy. But I had to find that out. I had to find love in me. I had to look at me in the mirror. I had to tell myself that. I can get through this. And I'm here to tell you, you can get through this. That I admire you. Love you. Bye. I thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope this episode serves a reminder that your story is far from over. That you have so much to give to this world, to this life. That... A new chapter awaits you. I know that you're giving it your all. Please don't give up. If you are currently in crisis or know someone who's in crisis and you're struggling, know that help is available and that there's people out there that want to help you. 
you can go to admirer.com, A-D-M-I-R-E dot C-O-M. Go to the top and find our self-help page where there's a list of national mental health resources and people who are willing to help. And trust me, they really do care about helping saving lives like mine and yours. I thank you again so much for being here. And I thank you again for giving it your all each and every day. Know that you're not alone in this journey. And that together, we can choose that love over fear. To get through our worries, to get through our pain. To live for today, but also to fight for tomorrow. Bye until next time.